contemplate the workings of the inner being. Your eyes are wide open, but are you really seeing? Hey, Ta. Hey, Cole. What you doing? I don't know. What am I doing? You tell me. You can look right at me and see what I'm doing. Well, I can see you doing lots of things that I can't describe、I'm、to the journeying. audience. You're journeying、I'm、right now. Having a ceremony. Yeah, you're on a power plant, or you're sorry, you're in a plant medicine experience. That's right. On the air. Medicinal. I love it. Medicinal plant medicine. OTA on the air. <laughs> hey, y'all. This is、stuff. Cole, and I'm Ty. <laughs> we are Ty, Ty Cole, Cole, and this, this is mentor in the, the mirror. mirror, and we're going to talk about plant medicine. For the purpose of most of this、uh, episode, though, I'm probably going to say power plant more because plant medicine for me is just such a. It's there's this strange connotation to it for me that the idea of medicine、uh, doesn't really drive like jive for the ideology that we use. So,、uh, if you hear me, anyone listening, say power plant, I'm referring to plant medicine, also known as ayahuasca, wachuma. Uh, psilocybin. There's all sorts. Psychedelics. There Psychedelics. are also、uh, non-plant、uh, psychedelics. psychedelics as well. So, but our focus today is going to be around plant medicines and psychedelics in general, and what we coin as journey, journey hopping. hopping. <laughs> so this is when entrepreneurs or people that are on a transformational experience are. Going from experience to experience without much integration, time in between, and it's a really good way to not deal with anything. Yeah, yeah. So, for those of you who know what、uh, plant, what power plants are,、uh, they are plants that come from different regions of the world and they cause an alteration in consciousness.、Um, some people、uh, go off and have hallucinations. Some people have really expansive feelings and sensations and realizations. All of these things、uh, allow a gateway into experience, and that they are not necessary for it, but they offer a gateway into it. And it's been、uh, marvelous to experience myself and to witness other people experience some amazing openings, realizations, and complete shifts in their lives and、uh, in their journeys with the usage. Of plant medicines, power plants, or whatever you want to call it, psychedelics. If this is a completely new thing for you, and you're listening right now, when we talk about these altered state of consciousness, it can look like one person is talking to aliens on the ninth moon of the second star of the Pleiadian sun. I don't know. And then there's other dimensions, and we see that quite frequently, people are kind of. Either skipping what's really going on in their life to find significance in some of these psychedelic experiences, or they are obsessed with the idea that they need to be fixed. Yeah, and so <laughs> that that is an obsession that we come across lots and lots and lots. And so when when we talk about journeys, the journey is the event or journeys. Some people call them journeys. Some people call them ceremonies. It's an actual event that you go to, and there's a person that is a facilitator or a shaman. You may hear that a lot,、uh, and they are kind of the guides in a, a psychedelic process. And you'll go to a retreat center or somebody's house, or somebody will come to your house, and they will uh, actually uh, guide you through the process, quote unquote, guide you through the process. And 
you know, we have experienced a number of people who have gone and had a transformational experience that was pretty awesome and wonderful. And then they started to just go back and journey hop because they were looking to dig stuff up and looking to find stuff outside of themselves uh, that would fix them. And it becomes a loop. Yeah, it's just as easy to hide in a psychedelic experience as it is in everyday waking life. That is the amazing complexity of humans. And, you know, one thing that we see a lot is people will go, you know, down to Costa Rica, down to Peru, go do ayahuasca for the first time. And it's like when you're a kid and you've been hiding stuff, like just filling up underneath your bed and in your closet with all of this junk. And you go have an experience like ayahuasca and it's like your mom coming into your room and pulling everything out of the closet and pulling everything out from under the bed. And you're standing in this pile of mess like, well, what am I supposed to do with all this? And so what we see quite often with journey hopping is the there's an amount of significance for the experience in itself, especially if there is, um, people will say either higher self or other beings they're connecting with. So they have moments of significance in that connection or they get to find what else is wrong with them, which makes gives them some feeling that they're doing something about it, but then they go back to work on Monday and step right back into the same constructs that created a lot of the dysfunction to begin with. Yeah, and so, you know, just, just a little disclaimer here. We are not making uh, psychedelics into something negative. That is not the situation here at all. Um, we are... Uh, proponents of the psychedelic movement and people exploring the spaces that open them up. We are not proponents of people uh, journeying every week, uh, twice a week, uh, three times in a week, you know, uh, once every other week. It's a lot. Your body has to recalibrate. Uh, your your mind frame has to recalibrate. And you have to integrate all the things. These can be really expansive experiences where a culmination of all of your mental processes start to come to the surface. And if you're if you're not able to to integrate these things, it can just cause more confusion, more more calamity, mm -hmm. and more drama in your life. And that's what we find sometimes with people who journey hop is they don't have an opportunity to integrate this. They don't have an opportunity for their bodies to actually rest and and recalibrate. And it's it becomes troublesome. Yeah, the and we're also, I'm just going to say as a disclaimer, we are also not suggesting anyone go out and do psychedelics illegally where you live if it's not legal. I'm just also going to say that disclaimer. because disclaimer, it's there now. So we are all clear on right. that. Now, that being said, yeah. the when people don't leave space for the body to rest and regenerate and recover, um, that's a lot of times what puts someone back into a disassociated state or back in fight or flight because their adrenals are blown out. They're already stressed to the max all week long. Then they go have some big psychedelic experience. Maybe they were purging. Maybe they went to an ayahuasca group. And then they have some space on Sunday or they hop back on a plane. They're back to work on Monday and their body is like... Bruh. Bruh, I haven't, I haven't had, had an opportunity to breathe, to reset, to recalibrate. And then you're just, you're, you could be adding insult to injury. You could be causing injury, period. Mm -hmm. You could be causing all kinds of stuff to happen if you don't allow your body to recalibrate. And psychedelics are not just about 
the mind. They're about the entire human organism. And you you know, you release it psychedelics cause people to release things like serotonin, they cause DMT. Uh, you know, DMT is really is uh, sweating is, dehydration is, 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 is happening in the body. All kinds of stuff is going on that causes shifts in the body and the body needs to be calibrated. So um j- journey hopping can be really detrimental for the body the body the mind the whole human organism so we are always suggesting to people that they work with somebody who is experienced at uh at facilitating this process and knows when to to say hey you know you need some time you, you're journeying a bit much uh, i i would love it if you would scale back and asking questions hey when's the last time you went for a journey um you know what have you experienced in the past you know what was it like for you when when you have uh when you have the 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 opportunity to to do these experiences it's really important for you to know that the person that you're working with actually cares about your process and it's not just somebody there that's giving you some psychedelics and they're going to sit there while you uh while you trip, right? Because that's another. And then send you another, out the door. That's another word for journeying, right? Tripping, right? Uh, and then they send you out the door, and nobody follows up with a call. Uh, they're not available. If you start having some, some openings or some things that you need to process, all of this stuff is really, really important when you when you have uh, psychedelic experiences. Know who you're working with. You know, deal with people who come from some solid references and uh and and people who ask you questions about yourself if it's just like yeah i'm doing this i'm doing this journey at my house just come through they don't ask you any questions they don't see if you're on any medications um they don't ask you what your history is those are the first red flags i feel like is if someone's not even asking you about medications because with thing with um Plants like ayahuasca in particular, there are things that are quite dangerous for it. It's not even like it's just like not okay. I mean, it's actually dangerous with certain medications and certain medical conditions. So, you know, when it comes to asking questions and actually even with MDMA therapy, which is another psychedelic, even though we're focused more on um, plant medicine power plants, MDMA, I feel like still swings in and out of the same thing, sassafras. Um, And... It's interesting, even with the legal MDMA studies, how often I'll talk to someone that was not informed about contractions after an experience. And when we talk about contractions, what we're talking about is imagine just the way that your lungs work. Inhale, exhale, right? When you take a deep breath, when you're taking in information, your lungs are expanding, that's what happens in a psychedelic experience or with a plant experience is you're expanding. And what comes after expansion? Contraction. You know, you do all of this expanding, take it all in, take it all in. You have to contract. And that can look like um, some anger, some depression, some sadness. And it can be scary for someone that just had an expansive experience to suddenly feel like, oh my gosh, I just lost everything that I thought I you know, just let go of or processed. And that alone can put someone back into the state they were in because of the fear that they are, they'll actualize it. Yeah. And the way I like to to explain it is when you expand, it's like you're opening your arms, right? You open your arms, you open your fingers, and you make this space for this huge hug and this expression and this receiving of all this information and all of this expansive experience. And then you bring your arms back and you pull all the information back in and you kind of contract. Mm. 
and then you can start you start to process the information that you got it's kind of like you have this hug right and it's it's in your lungs your, your your lungs are closing in on it you're holding it and now you have all this stuff in you and you start to process it and it can draw up emotions mm -hmm. it can draw up sensations it can draw up old memories it can draw all this stuff and so the contraction time is the time to process this stuff and if you don't have somebody to help you integrate it's going to be hard to really process this stuff if you're not experienced at journeying so it's, especially at the beginning man it's so much it's, to, yeah, it, to intellectually even wrap your head around because there's a lot of context that because it's happening even subconsciously or somatically in your body, mm -hmm. you may be missing it. But if someone's there that can point it out, that says, hey, I noticed that you're sweating, right? What's going on for you right now? What's coming up for you right now? It's, oh, wow, I was just thinking about a memory. And it could be your body's way of releasing. But if there's not someone there to attune it to you of what, of asking questions and being not necessarily involved the whole experience, uh, and to reflect to you. Um, you know, it's not about creating an expectation. And um, there are certain things that are super common. You know, it's like we talk about this a lot. You can go into an experience, uh, especially something like ayahuasca, and a lot of people will share stories about darkness and demons and shadow and all of this stuff. And first of all, that doesn't happen on our trips to Peru because if – well, we'll talk about that in another episode, but if you prepare the body and the imagination to welcome in ease, grace, and flow, even if it's challenging, it's not scary, and right. there's a big freaking difference. Right. Yeah, that's I digress, because I could go the whole rest of the yeah. episode you know, just I've, on that. You know, I've, I've done a, a, a good amount of, of journeys, and I've never had an experience with any kind of possessions or demonic this or visuals or anything like that. Well, it's not even like it's, it's not even like it's just our experiences. No one that we have taken to Peru or that we've worked with has those kinds of experiences. No, absolutely not. You know, and take it for what it's worth. Um, I just think that anyway, I'm not even going to go into that element because that's a whole other other well, side of psychedelics. It, it, but yeah. what I what I wanted to go into was. As your consciousness expands, it's like expanding the real estate of your awareness. So that could be the awareness of like the heavy shit and the awareness of the joy. What I realized in my plant work, uh, especially I've been working with psychedelics, plant medicines, power plants for 12. Um, it'll be 13 years in April. And I couldn't always talk about it, right? Especially because um, I was the poster child for Partnership for a Drug-Free America and the D.A.R.E. program because of overdosing into a coma at 17. So if there was ever someone that was a little adverse to these ideas of psychedelics, I definitely was. And the way that it's changed my life, what I realized is the darkness had been most of my life I experienced. Yeah, yeah. What psychedelics and power plants enabled me to do was to learn how to receive the love and joy because I didn't even know that I hadn't experienced it. I had experienced having some fun and some enjoyment. I had not experienced joy and bliss and pleasure that didn't require anything of me. It was just me being and me really being able to embody and feel gratitude. And I think that so much with, you know, plant medicines and the idea that the plant is the medicine when in my cosmology that's not the case we are the medicine the plant is the ally the plant is there to help illuminate and in western culture and the way that we are taught especially if you're in like the wellness biohacking world there is a bit of a 
construct strain, a little bit of resistance to using the word medicine when we talk about pharmaceuticals in the medical industry with a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. And even Western medicines put our body in a position to heal. It is not the medicine itself. Well, you know, Western medicines, yeah, they they actually facilitate your body being in a space where it can heal itself. Yes. It actually holds space, except for the, the, well, and even antibiotics. Antibiotics will, will kill off bacteria and so that, that your body allows can, the body to yeah. heal it allows the body's natural uh, immune system to jump online and actually take out the rest of what needs to be taken out and and with that you know since i was a nurse for 25 well still a nurse since i practiced nursing for 25 years and i know i say this all the time um i worked er and i can tell you that i have never witnessed a person overdose on any sort of psychedelic uh, or plant med- medicine. Um, I've, I've had people uh, come in with some real bad stuff on cocaine, heroin, crystal meth, uh, you know, um, just all of the stuff, I've, uh, angel dust. I've never had anybody come in uh, with- Like psilocybin. With psilocybin, mushrooms, marijuana. Wachuma never, or never San Pedro. Wachuma, San Pedro, ayahuasca, never. The most I've had with, with, with marijuana was palpitations and I, a bunch of times and somebody may have laced it with something else. Yeah. And, and, and those are the only times that I've had any issues around any kind of uh, altering substances that are, that are uh, natural plant-based things. So, and, and you worked nights in New York City. I, I, I worked nights. <laughs> and That's Brooklyn. Okay. A lot of people. Actually, yeah. the people that came in, even the people that came in with MDMA, like Molly, it would... Like maybe they took too much. Maybe they took two of somebody's or dehydration, MDMA, or, they, or yeah. they were dehydrated, or their jaw was jaw was tight, and they didn't know about it. So these are these are the only things that I've ever experienced. I've never had anybody die from any sort of psychedelic that's being used now for for expansive experiences. Mm-hmm. Never, I've never had anybody get hurt. Never had anybody get admitted to the hospital. Never in my career have I had anybody with that stuff. And I was always taught uh, by, the, by the system that psychedelics were bad, that people who did them were drug addicts and junkies and stuff like that. And it's it's not the case. And I can tell you f- from, from a person who has done psychedelics on multiple occasions, it has been an, uh, one of the most expansive things I've mm-hmm. ever done for myself and for the world at large, um, for my family, for everybody, it was, was to have these expansive experiences. So when, when you look at this, it's not, you know, they're not safe in all instances and they are not for everybody. Psychedelics for sure. are not for everybody. And so making making sure that you do the research, making sure that you know what's going on, what's, what's happening and that your facilitator's experience is so, so very important. Yeah. And um, again, we're not going to get into the who this isn't for necessarily today. If you have questions, you can hit us up on Instagram. We can give you resources. You can always go to maps. Um, there's always conferences. Like, Start to learn about this. It's been, especially psilocybin has been decriminalized. Um, Johns Hopkins just spent $17 million to open a psychedelic research center for PTSD, depression, and even exploring like Alzheimer's, dementia, you know, neurological uh, degenerative conditions. So it's really an exciting time yeah. uh, as far as exploration and what's possible and at the same time, just taking two grams of mushrooms and sitting at home is not that's not what we are suggesting especially if you're first new to this work there is a process physiologically that set and setting right we talk about intention so when it comes down to a journey right this this ceremonial element it is really important set and setting where you are who you're with the environment that you're in how you've been taking care of your body 
you know, what kind of foods you've been eating, um, how you treat yourself, how you talk to yourself, all of these are threaded into your experience. And so setting an intention of what are you looking for? What do you want? What do you, you know, not just what's wrong with me, not just like, I want to find out what's wrong with me, or I want to know the the truth of how terrible I am. You know, it's like, I feel like a lot of us have done enough of that. And I'm calling in the next wave of human evolution, where it's not necessary to first dis- to first decipher what's wrong with us and what we don't want. Rather, look forward and say, what do I want? And if anything is in the way of actualizing or manifesting, stepping into whatever that desire, that reality, that purpose, that mission, that's what I call into the space to look at. Well, yes, I'm feeling you hardcore. Feel me, baby. I'm feeling you. <laughs> and, you know, to to add on to that, you know, being in an altered state of consciousness is something that all human beings have done throughout the course of history on every continent everywhere and it's something that that has been expansive you know the you know all of the tribes of the, of the world have shaman medicine men and they all plants of they, some they, sort they have had, all had plants of some sort that that helped them to actually see certain things to help the tribe and and uh, and move forward and so this is and and you know it's it's been blocked off uh, these expansive experiences have been blocked off by the powers that be and now they're starting to come back around and and it's starting to help open things up for humanity as, as a race of beings. And I think it's a, a very exciting time. It's amazing, you know, and what's also coming with it that's really interesting is the tourism of shamanism, you know, going down to Peru and going in and going to a retreat center without doing the research. TripAdvisor is not always your best friend when it, and not when it comes to a psychedelic experience. Um, you know, I'm not, if that's the only tool you have, fine. But if you're reaching out to a, to a center or if you're reaching out to a facilitator, shaman, ayahuasquero, curandero, whatever. Also, if you're going down to the jungle, consider that the jungle is not a place for cities and more cities are being, uh, erected in the jungle to facilitate these plant medicine journeys in larger numbers. And most of them don't even have solid water filtration systems. So, you know, we've got Americans going down wearing DEET and perfume and, you know, Pantene Pro-V shampoo, whatever, and washing it out into the jungle and it's wreaking havoc on the jungle. And if we're really going to be about consciousness, uh, consider that if you're going to work in that kind of experience, which is partially why now when we lead trips down to Peru, we bring uh, the ayahuasqueros out of the jungle to us, you know, so that we can ensure we have some input on the impact we're having in that society, in that culture. And quite honestly, um, the jungle is the jungle. (laughs) (laughs) There are big spiders. There's big everything. mosquitoes, snakes, bats, monkeys, uh, gator. Well, I don't know about gators. Cayman. Cayman, yeah. Those cayman were terrifying. There's all kinds of uh, bananas, animals out in the jungle. Oh, the bananas were good though. Yeah, the bananas were awesome. (laughs) So, you know, yes, we did go to the jungle. We did three nights of ayahuasca. It was pretty, In the jungle. Pretty, I mean, look, it was incredible. It was expensive. an incredible experience um, in working, you know, people from the Shipibo tradition, the lineage, some of the healing practices that they did were incredible to witness. And <laughs> being out in the jungle where someone hands you a whistle and says, in case of an emergency, blow on this. <laughs> 
and you're hours and hours from anything and you know days down on a boat is something there's extraordinary no, there's no cellular phone oh no situation no no no, 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 no no anyway so when it comes to researching these kinds of experience uh one of the first things we say that if it's not a hell yes it is a no mm-hmm. it is a full body no you may feel called to do this kind of work but as you are talking to facilitators or shaman or or ayahuasqueros or whatever you have to trust your gut you because must. if your body doesn't feel safe and you have to, this is something you may have to learn as well is what's the difference between danger and just having uh, anxiety or fear around doing this kind of exploration but if your body doesn't feel safe you will not go to the places that, that you, you need, need to, to go, go to um your body's number one priority is to keep you alive that's what it's you that's know right. that's what it's designed to right. do and there's a difference between uh between your body saying no and you being in a space so fear let's talk about fear for a second and we'll we'll go into fear in depth in another episode as we as we do when we're talking about emotions fear is a signal like any other emotion and it signals that there is a potential for a big shift in your life right there there are people that are afraid when they get married i'm afraid what's what may happen right it's not always about detriment there are people who are afraid when they're getting a new job what am i what's what's going to happen next there's always a shift or a change when you think about fear. So, you know, your body can be telling you that something awesome is going to happen if you're getting ready to go journey, right? Mm -hmm. And it can also be telling you that something horrible is going to happen. Check in with your body and see what it's telling you. If it's telling you, if, if, it, if the fear is in a space of detriment and it's and it's telling you to run, then walk the other way. Don't walk the other way. Run, run. the other way. And, and if you can't tell the difference, then I would err on the side of caution uh, because caution. we have had more people than I care to even count at this point that went to a center in Costa Rica or went to a group in a state here in the United States, had an experience with ayahuasca and didn't make it back to their body and are completely disassociated, psychoses, um, or are just coming out of psychosis and being hospitalized because they had a psychotic break. And now for us, that's not a scary place to be. We're happy to, or not, we're not happy to. We have had the honor of holding space for people in that place. However, Let's not get there. Let's not get you to that space. Because getting someone back off lithium and all of this stuff, I mean, you're talking about a year at least. Yeah. And we are not uh, psychologists or psychiatrists Mm-mm. and we don't claim to be. And so, you know, be mindful of your of your of your state of well-being when you go into these things. We're, we're again, we're not looking to scare you. We are looking to prepare you. And the best way to be prepared is to is, is to have some some wits about yourself and know what your body's telling you and the people that you're dealing with. Like I said, generally, uh, psych, uh, psych, psychedelics are, are pretty safe for the most part. There are some extreme psychedelics that I'm not interested in delving into. Uh, there are different forms of, of plants, uh, plant medicines and stuff. Animal there medicines. are animal things where they take venom from toads and, and uh, burn it into your skin. There's all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, just please do your research, look into things and remember that the person who knows you more than anybody is in the mirror. And that's the person you should always go to first and foremost. That should be your first person that you check in with and the last person you check in with before you do anything. Yeah, so as you start to explore these kinds of modalities and as you hear more about them and you see the documentaries and you know you read all the reviews and stuff like that, some of the questions that I invite you to ask 
um, for yourself is when you're talking to a facilitator or to a shaman or a curandero, whatever, ask them, um, you know, where did they learn it? How long? Because a lot of facilitators, you know, went and did it a couple times and they're like, oh, I can do this, no problem. And they have no somatic awareness or they're not trauma informed. They really don't understand how the body uh, manifests trauma and how it can show up. Um, asking them what's included in the experience. Uh, they Do they do intention setting? Do they, what's their integration process afterwards? Um, if you have any trouble or things come up after, are you able to reach out to them? Are they available? Um, how do they recommend you prepare for the experience as far as diet? You know, a lot of, uh, especially with something like ayahuasca, psilocybin, there's certain ways to eat that can help through your process. Um, it can both help to elevate or it can stunt the experience because anything in your body is, you know, can be a deterrent as well. So, you know, asking yourself also, what what are you doing this for? You know, what is your intention through this self-exploration process? Is it for significance? Is it because someone else did it? Is it because you feel you are uniquely broken and so you need so much help and so much healing? It doesn't have to be a sufferable process. And I watch people that in the 12 years I've been doing the work, I've watched people this whole time still suffering through every experience, purging and and all this stuff. And, and it's it's not required people. It does not have to be that way. If you go in with the imagination that you may have dark energies or evil spirits or, you know, with those kinds of fears, that's what you're more likely to pull into the experience because that's how powerful uh, the imagination, the imagination is, mm. especially if you're going into a group of people that are bringing in a dogma and rules. You know, for me, one of my first kind of red flags if I'm working with someone is if they have a lot of rules when I'm like, hold on, I'm doing self-exploration so that I can consider what I'm adhering to consciously or unconsciously. And I'm coming into from one box to another, basically, because you're coming with your dogma of I should wear all white. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong or bad or anything. I'm just examples you know, wearing all white or how to be around the altars or what, you know, just rules um, that if you are not strong enough, you'll have demons channel through you or, you know, you'll channel from another realm, whatever. Your imagination will help to fortify those experiences if you go into it with that expectation. So something to be mindful of is if you are going in to explore, to let go of old parts of you and someone else is projecting in new dogma <laughs> and a new box, consider on if you're really looking to step into a new box. A box is still a box, it's still a prison. Traditional or non-traditional, we've talked about this before, tradition can become a prison. Yeah, definitely. And in the context of, of, uh, of journeys of being in a psychedelic space, things in your life or in my life or in anyone's life that come up in this space are usually a really inflated version of what's going on in your life. And uh, when people jump from journey to journey, 
you know, what's going on in your life? Are you jumping from person to person? Are you jumping from drama to drama? Are you jumping from thing to thing and repeating this stuff over and over again and getting into the trap of having to be traumatized and dramatized in order to transform, in order to transform. And we talk about this when we, when we bring our stuff to, to uh, seven figure people who are looking to move to eight figures, it's this trap of having to have these big, drama drama tumultuous tumultuous experiences in order to find yourself i have to go through an ego death how many people have told me this oh i'm looking for an ego death why are you looking or i'm craving a transformation i'm craving transformation i'm looking to shift i'm looking to change i'm looking to have all these different things happen and i know i have to suffer for it and it's not the case it is not the case and you know i was in that space too I'm not going to even sit here and lie and say that I wasn't. And to to realize on the other side of it that I don't, you don't have to go through all of that to shift. Mm-hmm. You can allow things to happen without having to to you know be thrown under a bus and then ran over by the bus. You know, it's, it's and then not, you're like, why were you standing in front of the bus? Why were you standing in front of the bus? Bro? The bus was here to pick you up and take you for a ride. <laughs> you know, come on, bro. You and, threw yourself under the bus. Why? Yeah. So you know, just you know, please be mindful of these types of things and. Also, be mindful of where you live. Uh, you know, with the decriminalization of marijuana and psilocybin in some places in the United States, it is not everywhere. So please be mindful of the things that you're utilizing. Um, MDMA uh, is not a plant. It, sassafras is a plant, but MDMA is what it, what's derived from sassafras. And these things are not legal uh, without prescription. So please be mindful of what you're doing. Uh, you know, we don't want you to get into any kind of legal situations or legal trouble. And we're not pushing the agenda that you should go out and just get you some stuff and, and go into the space. Find some people that, are, are, that you feel really safe and connected with. And look, if you, you want to explore, it, yeah, if you're looking to explore this kind of stuff, we are leading a trip to Peru uh, next October. And then it's all legal. You know, it gives us the opportunity to really help people prepare ahead of time as well. Because truly, if you spend time with the body, with the nervous system, with, you know, kind of the three phases we work everyone through, whether it's our private clients or our masterminds or whatever, we start with that assessment. Let's assess where you are in your life. So coming into this experience, you're able to create a plan, right? Decide what you want to lean into and what you want to lean away from. And by the end of the trip, then you know, like, what's the plan? We have eight days to work on this stuff together. You know, we have eight days to fully uh, give people some big takeaways. It's not just, this is what you decide. You get to explore what you want to explore with the support and allies of amazing facilitators, ayahuasqueros. I mean, between the facilitators, we've got a hundred years of experience, of real life experience. I mean, at this point we've worked with, I don't know, a thousand or so people. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of folks. Yeah, probably, we gotta be somewhere in there perhaps. And so if this is something that you've wanted to explore, you're also coming with a 25 year emergency medicine nurse. Uh, we're staying in four and five star resorts most of the time. Uh, We're going to Machu Picchu. We're doing some fun stuff, but it's also based around expansion through pleasure and play and fun and knowing that whatever needs to come up to to increase that, to create from that space, we have no problem facing anything. You know, there's not anything that we uh, cannot face together and it does not have to be scary. And it doesn't have, even if it's challenging, 
uh, it doesn't mean it has to be hard. No, it doesn't. And when you can have the full full support of an amazing team. Yeah, I'm telling you. And that mentor is in the mirror. We've done some awesome work with people in psychedelics in front of a mirror. And it's been it's been something else to see people really see themselves for the first time. Mm-hmm. To look into their own, their own eyes in the mirror and really see themselves in a deep, loving, connected way. So, you know, um, yeah. So that's that. This is Mentor in the Mirror. Yeah. And you should really uh, go to your uh, device and you should rate, rate reviews, review, subscribe, subscribe, share this episode with a friend if there's a, something you hadn't thought about or considered before and you're like, oh shit, okay, thanks for that tip. Thank you for the consideration. Thank, you know, whatever. We'd love to hear from you or if you want more resources, I'll throw a couple resources in the show notes. If you want more information on the trip, shoot us a message. I'll put, I will put a link in the show notes as well. It's not even officially launched yet, so you would be first to hear. Uh, We're going to be doing this with some of the biggest wellness professionals in the world because it's about expanding your whole life, your personal life, how you've been conditioned, what constructs you are adhering to consciously or unconsciously. Whatever you're ascribed to is also in the way of your business and what you're looking to create. So we're going to look at the totality of that and people that have built seven, eight, nine figure businesses. Um, while having an epic trip. So as always, we love you, you know, and we we are always here for questions and direction and resources. And yeah, we hope to see you in person in 2020. That's right. Or in the rest of 2019. True. We had a little bit of time. I'm not adhering to no calendar, man. I love all the time. No, I know you do. I'm just trying to get like some days off and stuff like somewhere in the middle. Okay. (laughs) That makes plenty of sense then. As always, I'm Cole. I'm Ty. We are Ty Cole and this is Mentor Mentor in in the the mirror. Mirror. Be free. free.